This is the Day Camp Pod from Go Camp Pro, bringing you the best ideas, strategies, and discussions in the day camp industry. You can find our show notes at daycamppodcast.com. Hello, everybody. We're going to do a crafts mini pod today. Uh, For those of you who are doing virtual camp and want some craft ideas that you can do with your parents that are easy for them to get the supplies for, or they may already have the supplies at home, or you can use all these crafts at camp as well. Um, They are great in a couple ways. They are all crafts that are tactical. It can be used for sensory for children of different needs. Um, They're also... um, good for fidgets. They're kind of make your own home fidgets, uh, keep hands busy type of of projects. And they center on the process and not the product. Um, So the process can go on and on and on and on. And you don't have to worry about whether you have an example and it looks like your example um, and so on. So um, these are great for children of different needs, children of any needs. And I have a guest here with me today. Uh, this is Diana Vroman. Diana, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi. Like Sam said, I'm Diana Vroman. I'm from Marengo, Illinois. I've been working with uh, various youth programming for about 19 years now, including camps, daycare, um, and different other um, special needs integration programs. Fantastic. So we'll jump right in. This is a mini pod, so we're going to try and keep it short and sweet. All of the instructions and examples are in the show notes, so we're not going to describe each um, craft completely. You can go to the show notes to look into all the details. Um, I'll start off with the first one is um, God's Eyes. And last summer, I was donated a huge couple bags of yarn, big garbage bags full of yarn. So I was like, what do you do with this? Um, And it brought me back to when I was a kid and So we would go out at camp and get two sticks. They can get them out of the yard about six inches long. And all you need is yarn and um, you can tie on your yarn, start going under and over and around and around. And when you run out of a color, you tie another color on until you feel like you're done. And it makes a beautiful God's eye. Um, These are great because children of any age um, can do it. They won't all look the same. They get fancier the more uh, skill they have. But you can do it for any age, and they'll sit in front of TV or wherever and keep their hands busy. And how easy is that? You just go outside, you get a couple sticks, camp, you go outside, you go on a hike. It's uh, it's just a real simple, easy to go to. And usually we all have that extra yarn laying around, so that's something to pick up. different textures and sizes so you're going to get something a little bit visually stimulating too and they're all done uh, with that finished project and uh, like you said it could be for all different ages it's something that even if a a child is just starting doing it you know a lot of their friends are going to be making them looking very similar too so they're gonna um they're just gonna there's just a super easy thing to get going I love the guy's eyes the other thing you can do with yarn is you can finger knit And again, the instructions are in the show notes. Um, But once they learn how to finger knit, all they need are their fingers and some yarn. And they can keep going and going and making really long, um, almost scarves, necklaces, bracelets, whatever they want to do. So that one's definitely another good busy project. 
The nice thing about the finger knitting too is that sometimes it's really hard to get those older kids into wanting to do something. And I think the finger knitting is a really good thing that um, those older children can still get some of that stimulation and that fidgeting out of the way when they want to do something. And it's something that, you know, they're actually wanting to do. It's got a more of a result to it too. So for those uh, bigger kids, I think that that's something that's uh, something they usually do find themselves going to want to do more often. Yes, more complicated, a little bit more fine motor in that activity. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe not for the people with um, fine motor problems. But then the next project is really good for people with fine motor problems. It's a sidewalk chalk, and you can do it a couple different ways. You can use um, egg cartons and plaster of Paris, or you, even if you have cement in the garage, and uh, mix it up, put a couple drops of paint in it. You can use food coloring, but it doesn't come out as bright. Um, the colors aren't as good. And then you let it dry. Um, when they're done, they can just peel off the egg carton, and then they've got um, 12 different colors of chalk to use on the driveway. Um, the other way I've heard of doing it was um, using toilet paper rolls and uh, duct taping one end and uh, filling those with the plaster of Paris and the color to make big, thick, fist-type whole uh, chalk pieces um, that people who can only make a fist can use. The other thing about Saiwa chalk is that it's full arm, large motor, your whole shoulders involved, and so it is really a good activity for different needs. Now, Diana, you gave me a clue on how to keep it from sticking when you're putting it in the yeah. rolls. Yes, we've in the past have done these with our kids and we've taken and put Vaseline on the outside and around to coat it with. So then when it is time for it to harden and come out, it has a, an easier um, easier way of exiting out of the shell it's used. And we've also done inside um, reused Easter egg plastic. Oh, nice. You could just pop off the top and then it, you know, it's a little bit easier to grip it and pull it out. Um, but yeah, I do. I love, I love it because um, it does have that ability to take the grip and hold it and move it. Um, and then if you have kids who don't like to get messy, because, you know, sometimes we see kids who don't want to get um, covered in stuff, you could always give them some gloves to wear. So um, they still feel like they can get into that messy, dirty activity and not get messy and dirty themselves. That's great. Hadn't thought of that, Diana. Very good. Yeah, um, no, I see it a lot with a lot yeah. of kids who they don't want to touch things because they're worried about getting dirty or even mm -hmm. just giving them a pair of gloves. We know we got gloves around right now, everyone. Right. So <laughs> they can put on those gloves and they can get messy and they can have fun and um, they don't have to worry about it. And then if they don't want to get down on the ground, another thing that I've done with kids in the past who don't want to like get dirty laying on their clothes and everything is just give them a piece of... Um, uh, sandpaper. You give them some sandpaper and then that chalk will come off on that sandpaper and they can make a creation that they could take back home with them even if they don't want to walk away from that thing they made. Um, nice. So sitting at the table. Uh, they can sit yeah, at the table with yeah. the sandpaper. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you still got the resistance to make the chalk come out really bright. Cool. Yeah, that sandpaper does a really good job gripping it and taking off that chalk. Yeah. So um, Another couple projects, Play-Doh. We all have recipes for Play-Doh at home, or most of us do, I guess. Um, and it's hours of fun, and you can do lots of different things with that. You can get um, 
use Kool-Aid to make bright colors in making your Play-Doh. You can use different um, scented extracts to give it um, a, a scent. You just have to make sure with the young children that they don't try to eat it because it smells like vanilla or um, cinnamon or whatever you choose to put in it. Um, peppermint, all, all kinds of different extracts out there to make it smell good. I also enjoy putting textures inside Play-Doh, and um, I noticed that kids really enjoyed that too, especially if your kids have a certain different kind of interest going on. Uh, I've added dirt to mine before for kids who maybe like construction or do enjoy having that, um, like that dirty kind of aspect to play with it. You could put like ice cream salt rock in it. It gives it kind of this glistering look where it looks like there's some sort of gems in there. The kids think it's so cool. You could even take some of those little plastic gems or things that little toys you get from birthday parties that you might have around and you could go ahead and put those in there and the kids think that they're going on like a treasure hunt. Um, so I definitely have noticed that adding little texture really makes Play-Doh go a long way. Play-Doh is so versatile. It's such a great thing. Um, and then like you mentioned, a Kool-Aid Play-Doh, Sam, I love that. And I'll tell you why, because it's so easy and the kids can do it at home and their parents can do it at home. So if you are going to be doing a virtual camp, they usually have a cup of flour, a pack of Kool-Aid, and that's really all you need if you're going to do Kool-Aid Play-Doh. You can go ahead and just get some warm water. You mix it to texture and there you go. A little salt. You have Kool-Aid Play-Doh and it smells so great. And it's like very, um, it's really exciting for the kids to see because it changes colors almost magically when you do do yeah, that um, that Kool Aid in it. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's fun, and I, I love it. And um, it's never old. Kids love it every year. I've never gone a year without doing it because it's such a high demand one from the kids. And remind your parents that they have at home all the tools they need for Play-Doh. They've got rolling pins in their kitchen, cookie cutters. They've got plastic knives somewhere, I'm sure, uh, to cut it. Um, so there's so many things around the house that you can use to play with your Play-Doh. Um, just make sure that it only lasts as long as you store it correctly when you're done, you know, in a Ziploc mm -hmm. bag or whatever, so it doesn't dry out on you. But it's such an easy craft. Um, you can do it couple times a week and change it up every time. Absolutely. And if you're, if children don't necessarily want to, again, get um, dirty into that, you could leave it inside like a gallon Ziploc bag and let them go ahead and play and smush it inside that. So they're still getting the ability to play with it and have um, some sort of texture touching, but they're not getting themselves all dirty. Nice. So then we get on to salt dough, which that is very similar to, um, very similar to the, um, regular Play-Doh. The only thing is that um, salt dough does have to be cooked in the oven and then it becomes hard. But the perfect thing you use it for is um, if you want to do Christmas ornaments or you can do Mother's Day pens or Father's Day um, things with it. You can use, um, there's rolls of magnetic tape that you just cut your piece of magnet the size you want it and peel it off and stick it right on. Um, so once they've done the mold, usually you do use your candy molds at home uh, if you have candy molds, but you can also use any size mold for that. Um, once you mold your salt dough and you harden it, then you paint it and either put on your magnet or you can just buy a thing of pinbacks um, to make it where the mom can wear it on her shirt then afterwards. So... 
That's even something we could probably take out and have them do at pets if they are still home. Those kids can take and put a paw print inside that. Nice. Pin it around and get a souvenir of their best friend laying around the house. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I love the Salto. Salto is great. Um, I do that putting the magnets on the back. That's, that's always um, a really great idea to do with it. And cookie cutters, if they got cookie cutters, they can make their own molds around with those as well. Nice. I like that for Mom's Day. Um, I mean, not, not a lot of people want to go to the store right now, so that's a, a nice way to make something and not, you know, have to step out. Yeah. Or Father's Day now that that's coming up. And they can display them on the fridge. They can, you know, have them as paperweights. Who knows what you want to use them for. You may end up with a million of them everywhere all over your house. Yeah, so we still have them on our Christmas tree. <laughs> Um, another one that's really fun is Silly Putty, which is um, just um, liquid starch and glue, uh, which is easy to get. You can add to that. You just need a Ziploc bag to put it into. But in that bag, then, um, you can add glitter. Um, actually, you don't have to have it in the bag. You can do it on the table. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, bean bag beads. Um, work really well because they feel like they're going to come out of the silly putty but then they stay in it and so those are very fun to to throw in your silly putty. I know you had some other things Diana for silly putty to be added. Oh yes um, the pony beads are always really great to put in there any sort of confetti if you have something laying around from a birthday party um, you know some of that stuff you just kind of throw over the table that's those little plastic beads um, or confetti that those can go in there and they're a lot of fun. Um, I know you had mentioned the beanbag beads in the past. Sometimes I've tried doing things with the kids and we just don't have things around and the kids actually come up with some real good ideas on their own. Ours decided that they were going to open up some old beanie babies that we just weren't using anymore. We're going to donate and they use the beads inside those to put inside their silly putty and to give it that little fun texture that they were looking for or even, um, if like a, we had bean bags around the house, so they were taking those little um, mic, what is it, styrofoam pieces out of there, yeah, and they were putting that inside their silly putty. And so um, it's amazing when you look around your house that you can find those little things laying around that are going to be useful. Or um, I'm not sure if it was for this one. Or I think it's for another one in the future, but. Um, I think we're talking about crayon shavings, taking yes. crayon shavings. We have crayons everywhere. They don't go away. It's um, something that you could easily just kind of break up into pieces and use those as some other kind of media to put inside of your, um, your little sensory items that you're making. You had mentioned with the crayons, um, putting them on um, paper, and once it gets hot outside, letting the kids watch the process of the crayon melting. Yes. And yeah, or, you know, I'd, um, I've seen some um, kids do it with canvases, or if you have a piece of cardboard laying around, take some hot glue or just some glue and let it sit and dry. And yeah, if it's a really nice hot day outside, just put it right there in the sun. And it could even be a competition between campers just to see whose crayon is going to melt the fastest or go down the furthest of the cardboard or on the canvas, whatever you're going to use. Um, it's almost like one of those things that you accidentally done when you were a kid, leaving that crayon out too long that you, you can now take and turn into this real fun activity with them. And it, and it's supposed to melt and it's okay that it melts this time. Yes. It's always fun to repurpose things and to get to do those activities that normally you're not allowed to do. Yeah. Um, but in a 
controlled atmosphere. <laughs> uh-huh, definitely. I know we've done it before. We've taken those crayons and we've melted them on wax paper and we put in another wax paper over it and just ironed it over there. And the kids got to make this really cool mosaic that looked like a sun catcher. And they thought it was really fun that they got to take the scissors. I let my kids take the scissors and they got to scratch off the crayon themselves. So it was like a hands-on activity that they're actually doing something with. Um, and that they got to make. So they were really into it for a long time. I was really yeah. impressed how much they enjoyed to, to do that. Those activities too, where there's several steps to the project are fun mm-hmm. because you know they do a little bit and then they need to wait and then they get to do the next part. And that's that makes a week long fun activity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. stress balls, um, we all uh, have probably made them with balloons and the flower. Um, and a funnel, and everybody's got probably got a funnel in their kitchen. You may not have balloons, though. So I looked up some different ways. If you don't have balloons um, available, you can use a plastic bag, and then um, once you've got it filled, put a rubber band on the top and twist it tight so it's you know um, not going to leak on you and can be a stress ball. Or you can use plastic wrap around um, your ingredients, too, and, and twist them off tight to use it as a stress ball but remember the purpose of a stress ball is to squeeze it and love it and whatever and so you don't want something that's gonna explode and leave the ingredients all over your house um and then the final one i saw that was really cool is when your silly putty is getting really dirty and old and kind of gross and you're kind of done playing with it wrapping it in duct tape to make a ball Mm -hmm. and then using it from then on as a stress ball so you can repurpose your own silly putty yeah, it's really creative. I like that. You know, I was thinking too, what else they could use if they don't have any plastic bags laying around is we all have those grocery bags in our house from, um, you know, those jewel bags that they could use too. And you know, it would be really neat to take some of that mesh from, let's say a bag of oranges and take and put that around it. Then when they would squeeze it, they might actually get like a little bit of that, um, that popping that going through those little holes. Oh, yeah. Get that little extra sensory. Nice. Those little things you don't think about, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> sounds like I got a hoard in my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, part of this is I challenge you to go home and look at things that you have around the house and how can they be used to Definitely. do something fun, tactical with. Um, another one is hair gel bags. Um, we call ocean bags. Um, basically, it's green or blue hair gel that you put in a Ziploc. Um, but we always add to that um, the confetti, like little fishes or bugs or seafood, you know, uh, lobsters, whatever you want to put in your bag. Um, that confetti, again, is um, really cheap, and you can get it most places. You can also order some of that stuff online from Fun Express and that kind of thing. Um, but those bags, you only need a few creatures in your gel bag to make it exciting. And then you duct tape the top after you get it zipped so you don't spill or have it burst on you. And you can have fun with that, squeezing it and playing with your creatures. Yes. Um, what else was I thinking? You know what? I've seen two people take and put ketchup and mustard inside those bags. Ooh. If you don't have any hair gel, that way you're using something that's around. You don't have to go out and buy it if you don't have hair gel around or maybe even shampoo or conditioner. Maybe conditioner has got more of that, um, you know, thickness and it's not as clear. 
Um, but yeah, there's like different things out there that you could use too to put in those bags. Um, even um, taping it down to the table and you could let the kids write on it. Uh, you know, they like it. They just really love having um, that motion of smushing things back and forth and putting things in there. Um, so that would be another different material that you could use inside some of those bags. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that um, we hadn't talked about earlier, but this is bringing it to mind, is taking any old two-liter bottle and, you know, filling it, or even a smaller pop bottle, and filling it with some oil and water and putting things in that. And then it's kind of your own, um, uh, what, what were those called? Mood lamp? They're like a sensory bottles. Yeah, yeah. like a lava lamp. Lava yes. lamp. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, no, of course. You know, those are fun too. You could just take a little bit of old glitter that you have laying around and toss it inside there. Um, I've seen people put noodles in those. I've seen um, food coloring, all kinds of old lures. If you have a lure laying around the house, you toss those in there. Um, even if you, you're not ready to close it up, a fun thing to do with that as well is if you have any, um, this would be something that would be led with an adult, of course, or a parent, but you could take Alka-Seltzer and you put it inside there and actually starts to lava the oil around in there and move it about. And the kids think that's really cool. And then when you're all done and everything is ready to get tied up, then you could cover it up with the final products inside of it. That's a great one for the little guys. They love to mm. just watch the movement back and forth and how the oil and water work together. So <laughs> got a little bit of visuals going on there. Yeah. So for our final one, it was kind of a bonus. We put the puppy chow recipe at the end of our um, show notes. Uh, those yeah. are sold in stores as Muddy Buddies, if you're not familiar with it being called puppy chow. But all you need is um, to melt some peanut butter and chocolate and um, take crispets or check cereal and put it in a brown paper bag. Um, well, mix it in with the chocolate and the peanut butter, put some in a bag. Um, and put some powdered sugar, and then the kids shake it, shake it, shake it, and it comes out looking like dog food, um, but it is the best tasting stuff ever. If you have a peanut allergy, you can use butterscotch chips instead of the peanut butter um, with the chocolate as well. So a nice treat to remind you of camp if you can't actually be at camp mm -hmm. this summer. Um, it is uh, definitely a great reminder of being there. Yes. Yeah. And how fun. How fun is it to make that themselves? Yes. They really just get to do the shaking part, but they that's yeah. enough for them with that because they're just ready to eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so. they could help pour it in there with those measuring cups. Yeah. Get everything going. Probably have to do the hot chocolate yourself, though, but... Right. Yeah, now you got Absolutely. me hungry over here. Uh, I know. Yeah. So... Um, that's it for our sensory and fidget edition. Um, we, if you like this pod, let us know because then we may do um, a craft teen edition. Some of those teenage crafts that um, our teen campers have loved throughout the ages that they can also do from home. You know, things like um, making their own slipper socks and, you know, tying their own blankets together. So if you like it, let us know. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Have a good day. The Day Camp Pod is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends.
Hey Camp Pros, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, summer camp professionals group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more Camp Pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.